All right, Chabosai, good morning. Let us begin. We begin by thanking our Talmud Torah sponsors for the month of Sivan to thank Baruch Meir and Rina Dubin for dedicating all the Sherman Joshua's this month in the Schusser for their niece, Chavit Sipora Bas Chaya Malka. And to thank Shmuli and Libodinovitz for dedicating the Sherman Joshua's this month in the Schusser Banaliyah for the Nisham of Shmuli's father, Harav Peretz Avram, Ben Arab Binyamin Moshe Zichrono Levracha. To thank our week of learning sponsors, Ira and Miriam Grossman, in honor of their 50th wedding anniversary, and Adam and Leslie Rosen, in the Schuss of Rafur Shalema for Esther Bas Sara. We hope that in the merit of our Talmud Torah, all of the Neshama Salhaven Aliyah, the families in Nechama, and all those who require a Rafuah should have one together with Kol Chole Yisrael. Both say with that, let us begin. We have a beautiful, beautiful daf ahead of us today. Today's daf is Kuf Zayin 107, but we are picking up Emirat Hashem on 106b, Kuf Vav Amabez, and we are picking up 11, 12 lines up from the bottom. Amr Abaye, right where we left off yesterday, 11 lines up from the bottom. Amr Abaye, so remember again the Mishnah here, the Sugyo over here is really describing the details of the Chalitza process. So remember again, we have our order as espoused in the Mishnah. What's the order? She reads... He reads, she removes the shoe, spits, she reads again, and then there's a general recitation from the Beisdin or from those assembled, as we will see. We also saw in yesterday's daf that halacha the order is not ma'akeb. So although the Mishnah outlined the ideal order, lemaisa, again, if you disrupt the order, the chalitza could still be effective. Now, what we're also going to see is as follows. Going back to the beginning of this parak, remember again, we pass in that chalitza must be done in front of a beizdin. But in this context, what's the definition of a beizdin? Three people, afilu had yotos, even regular people. Now, the truth is, now we understand, but what's the reason for the beizdin? Why, in other words, if it's just had yotos, why, why do you need a beizdin at all? Because remember again, part of, or I should say, if there had yotos, regular people, why do we label it as a beizdin? Because what must this group be able to do? They must be able to effectively feed the lines to the Yavam and the Yavama, to the man and the woman. And Rabbi say it's that that we get into now. Amra Baye. Haiman the of Gita de Chalitzasa. So we also remember again, it's actually interesting. So the base then, it sounds like, so they would have to feed the lines to the Yavam and the Yavama, which means they would want to have it in print in front of them. So today, so today, if we do a chalitza, right, and you want to have it in print in front of you, what do you do? What do you do? You take out a chumash, right? That's why you just take out a chumash. So I'll say, so what were they going to do? You're going to start taking out a safer toe in the middle of the chalitza? Sabai says, here's what they did. Haiman the of gita de chalitzasa. Ultimately, again, if you're going to write this, literally gita de chalitzasa in this context means just the piece of parchment. Right, the section of chalitza, so they could use it to go ahead and read, um, feed the lines to the respective parties. Lichtov hachi. Here's what you should write on there. Akrinihu lidida min me'en yivami ad ava yivami. So we'll say in this document, you should write instructions. Instructions tell the woman to say the psukim of from me'en yivami up until ava yivami. Va'akrinuhu lididei. Then tell the man to read min lo min lo ad likachto va'akrinil lidida min kacha va'ad chalutzhanal. So we'll say this is very interesting. Abaye says like this. Abaye says don't write out the whole parsha. Don't write out the whole parsha. Instead, just on the document, write out the instructions. 
The woman should say, from this Pasuk until this Pasuk. And the man should say, from this Pasuk and this Pasuk. Now, Bose, if you take a look at Rashi, why? In other words, if you're going to write it, what makes the most sense? If you're going to write out instructions, what else should be on it? Right? Put the whole parsha. In other words, put, put everything on there. What's the problem? Why is it that Abaye is saying you could go ahead and write out the instructions, but yet he's not writing out the Pasuk in its entirety? So I will say, take a look at Rashi. It's very interesting. Rashi's, Rashi, Rashi, uh, me, 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 ma'in the halacha is that in order to write any significant amount of Torah on a piece of parchment, the parchment requires sirtut. What's sirtut? I guess the English word is scored, right? Lines. Lines. Sabaye says, because people often, and, and again, that's halacha la Moshe Misinai, that a piece of parchment requires sirtot if you're going to write psukim on it. Stefra Abaye says, not everyone is proficient in sirtot, or not everyone knows the halacha. So in general, we don't write out just individual sections of the Torah. So therefore, all you're going to do is write out instructions. This way, the base knows, and I guess if they, if they need a text, they'll take out a Sefer Torah, and they'll go in and they'll read it from there. So the Gemara says, Marzutra misartate v'ksiv l'kulei parsha. Marzutra would know. Marzutra would take a piece of parchment and he would do sirtot. He would literally go ahead and score. Right. He he would make lines in the parchment and halacha lamaisa. He would go ahead and write the entire section of chalitza on that piece of parchment. So the Gemara says, Maskif lamar bereid ravidi mar baridi v'ha lo nitan likasif. But one second, I will say now this is actually interesting. That would be, Rashi quotes the Gemara Maseches Gitten that says that halacha lamaisa we don't write individual sections of the Torah. In general, we don't write sections of the Torah. In other words, we we'll write a sefer, but we don't start writing. We'll say this actually gets into a discussion about the ability to write sections of the Torah to enable a child to learn. And there's an opinion in the Gemara that we don't even do that. So therefore, again, how can you write out a section of chalitza? And I will say, ultimately, again, the halacha is like marzutra, that in general, we won't write out individual sections of the Torah. But we'll say, unless, of course, they are whole sections. Unless, of course, they are whole sections. Like, for example, you know, you could write out parashas hakitoras, right? By sota, they would go ahead and write out the section of sota. That's a little bit different because, yeah, the Torah is telling me. But the Gemara seems to indicate that halacha lamaisa they would write out the entire section of chalitza. So this historically, again, they would write out the entire section on a piece of parchment. That's why the ba- that that's way that way the basin would have it in front of them. And interestingly enough, but however, in order to do that, you'd have to have sirtot. You'd have to have the scoring of the lines. Beautiful. Amra Bayi. So I'll say, let's get back. Finish the sugya. Rakika vekaltasa haruach lo asavaloklom. But it's an interesting case. Abai says, what happens if she spits and the wind takes it away? The wind takes it away so that the saliva never ends up landing anywhere. So the Gemara says, such an act of spitting, such an act of spitting is halachically meaningless. First of all, so before we go on, take a quick look at Rashi. Rashi says, the halacha is like marzutra. Rashi says, the kosvin, that we write the entire section of chalitza, this is different than writing a section of Torah for a child to learn. 
the Hossam adaited the Parshosak Sivle, the Tihavi Kimigila Kitano, the Kimlon, Torah Chasuma Nitna, Avahai Siras Dvarimi. Srebo say, this is actually very interesting. The challenge sometimes when writing a, a section of Torah is when it looks like you're writing something that is supposed to be its own Torah. So there's a concern. Torah was given chasuma, which means Torah is a complete and intact entity. And we're concerned that if you go ahead and you start writing sections of Torah, then what does it look like? That you're creating like individual Torahs. Individual Torahs. You'll say, brother, you see, you see this concept that Chazal had this concern. I'll give you a good example of this. The Gemara Mesechus Baruchas says they used to include Aseres Hadibros as part of Shachris. Right? Aseres was part of Shachris. And then Chazal took it out. Why did they took it out? Why, why did they take it out? Because they said, people were thinking, ah, you see Aseres Hadibros is included in part of Shachris. Other pieces of Torah are not included in part of Shachris. What does that show you? That Aseris Hadibros is the most important thing. And that's not true. Aseris Hadibros is important, but it's no more important than any other section in Torah. So you see that Chazal have this concern sometimes when people will come to the erroneous mindset that something is like a self-contained section of Torah. So therefore, we don't want people writing parchments of individual parshios. So the Gemara, so when the Gemara Rashi explains over here, but here by Chalitza, it's clear why are you writing this section of Chalitza. If you were to write out the whole section, why are you writing it? Why are you writing it? Why are you writing it? So that Basin has access to it because they have to feed the lines. It's not the Pshat that I'm trying to create the new sub-Torah, right? That's not the Pshat over here. I'm just trying to go ahead and give the man and the woman their respective lines. So because it's clear what my intention is, and by the way, this is the same logic for Sota also. It's clear. There's a process. There's a process. Therefore, again, the halacha follows Marzutra in this section. Good. So I'll say so back. Kuf Vavam Abeis 106b. We are now three, six, eight lines up from the bottom. Marzutra. If a woman spits and the spit, the saliva ends up getting taken away by the by the by the wind. And I'll say, see, the chapovir is like this. It's not the pshant that the spit has to land on the ground, but as we're going to see, the spit has to go in front of the face of the Yavam. Now, even not, not directly, but like in his presence. So the problem over here in this case is she spit, the wind takes it, and so it never went in front of the face of the Yavam. So the Gemara says, my time, huh? the Yarka of Ba'inon. So the, because the Torah requires that the spit, right, go in front of his face. Because the wind just immediately took it, therefore again, she would have to spit again. Therefore again, Hilchach, Hu Arach Vihigutza, if he is tall and she is short, kaltasu haruach, I'm sorry, vihigusa, kaltasu haruach, ika befanov. So we'll listen to this. Therefore, if he's tall and she's short, even if halacha lemaisa, even if halacha lemaisa, the wind takes the spit away, because when she spits, she's spitting up, it's in his face, right? It's, it's in his presence. And therefore, she's yotze. So the Gemara says, haruka vuhu gutz, what if she's tall and he's short? So the problem is, So we'll say, ultimately, again, if she's tall and he's short, so if the wind immediately takes away, it could be problematic, because because he's shorter, we do need it to descend a little bit so that it is befanav. All right, Amar Rava, Rava says, Rava listen to this, if she ate garlic and spit, 
v'raksa, or she ate clay and she spit, lo asa v'loklom. Suppose her act of spitting is meaningless, she'd, ha- she'd, have to split ag- she'd have to spit again. My time, what's the reason for this? The yarka me'atzma ba'inon v'leka. The boss says it's very interesting. We need, in order to spit, you have to gather saliva, right? We need the gathering of her saliva to be a process that she herself triggers, and not a gathering of saliva that is triggered by some other process. So I guess, I, I don't know, I guess when you eat garlic, when you eat garlic, I don't know, maybe that causes the salivary glands to, to go into action. Or clay, I guess maybe if you chew on clay a little bit, it causes the salivary glands to move into action. So then it's, it's not considered as if she's summoning the saliva. So this is very interesting. So before, so what I point out, by the way, based on this Tamar Shah, that I'm also quotes, he quotes opinions that say that we try not to have her eat anything the day of the chalitza, right? Because the halacha lamaisa, when she summons the saliva, this should be something, an act that she's doing and not one that is triggered from some outside source. Quite fascinating. So the Gemara says, Furthermore, Rava says, the Dayanim, the judges, have to see the saliva come out of her mouth. In front of the zekenim, she will spit. Incredible. So remember again, the Mishnah ended off by saying, after this, right, the Torah says, when the brother-in-law, the surviving brother-in-law does chalitza, he is known within Klal Yisrael as Beis Chalutz Hanal, the house of the removed shoe. So the Gemara says, mitzvahs bedayonim v'lobetamidim. Now the Mishnah says, there is a mitzvah upon the dayonim to actively make this statement. They say this. They say this. V'nikra shemo b'Yisrael, beis chalutz hanal. He will be known in Klav Yisrael as beis chalutz hanal. Mitzvah, the Gemara says, I will say, by the way, it's interesting. You know, our chaver uh, from the year, Daniel Chaver, who's not, who's not here today, Bakshim had a baby. He's making a bris today. He's making a bris today. So I was just thinking of this, reading this line, right? What, what, what do we say? What do we say, right? What do we say for a baby boy, right? Vikari Shemobi Yisrael. Vikari Shemobi Yisrael. The parents, Baruch Shemobi to give him a name, right? Here, Vinikra Shemobi Yisrael, Beis Chalutz Hanal. See, I was saying, life is about trying to figure out, what's your name? What's your name, right? How are you known? What's the legacy you carve out for yourself? What's the identity you carve out? When people know you, what's the name they know you by, right? What's, 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 what's the legacy that you've created through your actions to the way that you live? So here, they call him, so a little baby at eight days old is given a name. His parents are given Ruach HaKodesh. They give him a proper name. Here again, Halach HaLamaisa Beis Chalutz says the Gemara, Tanya Rabbi Huda, Pamach Asheinu Yoshim Lethni Rabbi Tarifon, one time we were sitting before Rabbi Tarifon, Ubasa Yivama Lachlots, and a Yivama came to go ahead and do Chalitza. Va'amar lanu anu kulchem Chalutzanal, Chalutzanal, Chalutzanal. So Rabbi Hosei, Rabbi Huda says, one time we were sitting before Rabbi Tarifon, we did a Chalitza, and Rabbi Tarifon will say three things or two things over here that are important. Number one, everyone said Chalutzanal. Everyone said it. Number two, they said Chalutzanal three times. Three times. I don't believe this is how the Raman Paskins that you have to say three times. But Allah Chalamais again, everyone on the base then in fact says, in fact says Chalutz Hanal. Actually, we pass like Rabbi Huda in the Mishnah that it's not just the Beis Din, it's anyone who is present 
says chalutz hanal. Incredible. Rabbi say hadrin alach mitzvas chalitza. Rabbi say mazel tov. Mazdov. Also, a good opportunity to welcome Reb Tzvi Friedman, who is joining our Shir Baruch Hashem. And just in time, by the way, just in time, Mamish, make a finish a parak in Yavamis. First morning in Shir to finish a parak in Yavamis. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. Good, I will say with that, Mazdov, Mazdov, no time for celebration. Let's go. So it says the Gemara, Dav Kuf Zayin Amud Aleph, 107a. So I will say, brand new Mishnah, brand new Mishnah, brand new Sugya. You thought it couldn't get more exciting than Yibam and Chalitza. Well, you were wrong because there is Mi'un. I know you've been waiting for this day for a long time, right? So Mi'un, remember again, I will say we talked about it, and, and I'm actually being serious. I will say these sugis, you know, when you, when you delve into it a little bit, are really quite fascinating. So remember again, we know Mi'un because we've actually spoken about it a number of times, especially in the last few Mishnayas. Midoraisa, father has the ability to marry off his minor daughter. And when a father marries off his minor daughter, that is biblical kiddushin, biblical marriage. Halach Lamaisa Chazal created the right in the event that there's not a father. Father died. So Chazal created the right for the mother or the brother to go ahead and marry off the daughter. Right? And again, Chazal did this. So I will say to us, these type of situations sound strange and crazy. But remember, again, from the perspective of Chazal, marriage, well, not from, from a societal perspective, marriage afforded financial and physical security. So therefore, again, sometimes it was in the best interest of this young girl to be married off. Chazal gave her mother and her brother the ability to enter her into marriage. The difference is marriage affected by a mother or a brother is only dirabanon. Because it is only dirabanon, Therefore, again, the mechanism for dissolution of the marriage is mion. Mion simply means what? Refusal, which literally means the girl, right now the wife, right? The girl, the minor girl has the ability to say, I don't want to be married to this man. And that, that's it. She, she has full control. And once she says, I don't want to be married to him, the marriage is done. The marriage is dissolved. No get, no, I mean, we'll, we'll discuss all this. That totally dissolves the marriage. When does she have the ability to do Mion until? Until she becomes an adult. Until she, well, we'll get into this specifically, until she becomes a Gedola. Because once she continues to live with this man after reaching the age of adulthood, then Allah Chalamais again, she's given her consent to this marriage as an adult. And then at that point in time, the marriage morphs into a regular Kiddushin or a regular Nisun. But we'll see how that. So we'll see, here we go. Beishamai Omer, Beishamai says as follows. Ein memanin ela arusos. Very interesting. Beishamai says, you could only do miyun, ultimately, again, in erosin. In other words, I will say, the, the ability to exercise the miyun option is only when the girl is in a state of erosin. Once she transitions from erosin into nisuin, miyun is no longer an option. So the Gemara says, Ubeisila omrim arusos unisuos. Beisila says, no, halacha lamaisa. A girl can exercise the option for miyun, both from Erosin and Nisud. Okay, we're going to see in this whole Mishnah is a number of machlok between Beishamai and Beisilo. We go through each of them. Number two, Beishamai omrim babal v'lo biyavam. Both are very interesting. Beishamai says, you can only exercise miyun with a husband, but miyun does not work with a yavam. So I'll say, just to illustrate this for just a moment, let's say Rachel was married off by her brother to Ruvain. To Ruvain, right? And now she's a minor. She's a minor. Ruvain dies. Ruvain dies. No children. And now she falls to Yibam before Shimon. Sirebo said, listen to this fascinating Shaila. She's still a minor. 
So could she just exercise the option of mion? Because we'll say, think about this just a moment. We've seen already before that what? That halach halamaisa. What is yibum? What is yibum? Yibum, or what is zika? Zika is an extension of the first marriage. So let her just go ahead and do mion to the yavam. And potentially that could undermine, just take away the entire thing. So Beishamai says no. Beishamai says, Haloch Elamaisa, Mion only works for a husband. Mion does not work for a Yavam. Ubeisila Omrim Bebal Ubi Yavam. Beisila says no, Mion works both for a husband as well as for a Yavam. Good, that's Machlokis 2. Machlokis 3. Beishamai Omrim Befanov. Ubeisila Omrim Befanov. Shalom Befanov. They both say, where does Mion have to be done? Right? Where does Mion have to be done? So Beishamai says, Mion must be done in the presence of the husband. Basilal says, no, you could do meun in the presence of the husband, not in the presence of the husband, it's all good. Next, number four, Beishamai Omrim, Bebezdin. Beishamai says, meun must take place in Bezdin. Beishamai Omrim, Bebezdin, Vishalo Bebezdin. Basilal says, meun could take place in Bezdin and outside of Bezdin. Okay. Amru Lahem Beishamai, Beishamai, Mima'enes Vihikitana, Afilu dalid vehe pamim. So both say it's very interesting. Last machlokes. So Beisila says to Beishamai, I think that a girl could do mion even four or five times. And I both say what that means is so just again it's like exactly what it sounds like, which is what I both say. Then again. Beisila will say, listen, the brother, the mother could marry her off, right? Could marry her off. She refuses the marriage, right? Now, now, now I'm saying she gets married, then she does mion. Right, what happens when she does Mion? What happens when she does Mion? Both say, remember again, what we're going to see, what does Mion accomplish? Mion fundamentally, or I should say retroactively, undermines the marriage. There's no marriage. There's no marriage. I shouldn't say retroactively. I take that back. We'll, we'll actually see that. Mion dissolves the marriage. So now both say, let's say she dissolves the marriage. She's still a Kitano, right? She's still a minor. So Basil therefore says the brother and the mother have the ability to marry her off again. And she has the ability to do Mion as many marriages as she has when she's a Kitano. So the Gemara says, Amrullahem Beisham. Beisham says, no. Ein beno Sisral Hefker. No, you can't do that. You can't do that, right? Jewish women are not Hefker. Look at Rashi. Ein beno Sisral Hefker. Vafilumina erisimlo temain viti ares laacher. Vitaxer vitemain elamima enas bazah. So we'll say, listen to this before, before we go on. So remember again, Shammai says, absolutely not. So what could a girl do? I will say, if she does do miyun, Ella, mima enes, if she does miyun, umantenes at shetagdil v'tima in v'tinase. And I will say, it's not quite clear exactly what Shammai is saying. We'll see this in the Gemara, but let's just read the words. So Basilo says, she could do miyun as many times as she wants, and she, she can get married as many times as she wants as she's a kitana. Shammai says, no, that's not what happens. Once a girl does mion, what happens? Mantenes, she cannot get married anymore. She has to, I mean, she has to wait. Achetagdil, until she becomes an adult. And at that point in time, vitimain, sounds like what Beishamah is saying is what? She could do mion again, again, and then she gets married. So why would she have to do mion again? Then Amir HaTashem will see in the Gemara. So we'll say, let's go weiter. So I'm going to have So we'll say, let's begin. The first point of contention over here is when can you do Mion? So remember again, we've got Beishamai saying, the only time a girl can exercise the option of Mion is from when? From when? From Erisin. Beishil says, Erisin and Nisuin. So we're going to have now one, two, three, four, Four different opinions as to how to understand this machlokis, Beshaim, Beisol. So here we go. Amravidom Shmuel. Number one. 
My time the Beishamai. Why does Beishamai say you could only do Mion from Erusin and not from Nisuin? So say this is incredible because there is no such thing as a tnai by nisuin. Now I will say, remember again, can you make a tnai in kiddushin? Can you make a tnai in kiddushin? Absolutely. Become a kudashas to me on the condition that you give me five thousand dollars. So I will say, what's that lacha? What's that lacha? If the woman gives me five thousand dollars, she's mikudashas. If she doesn't give five thousand dollars, she's not mikudashas. What happens? I will say, if a man says, become mikudash. Let's do Nisuin on the condition that a month after we're married, you give me $10,000. So there is no such thing as a Tanai by Nisuin. Now, why is that? Look at Rashi for just a moment. Rashi says, Moel Benisuin, Shal Gidola, Vafilo Havile Tanai Bishas Kedushin, Achuli Achle Bishas Bia Bechopa, Vachaydi Lehu Kedushin Kamai. So say, listen to this. Because what's the concern? I will say, if you could attach a tonight to Nisuin, remember again, what does Nisuin by definition mean? They've lived together already. Lived together already. If you could attach a tonight to Nisuin, and let's say then the woman does not come through with the tonight, I will say, then what happens? Again, what happens if you don't come through with the tonight? Right? Dissolves. And I will say, what does that mean? What is, what is that? How, how then do we look at the Bia? As a Bias Nos. As a Bias Nos. So I will say, we can't do that to the institution of marriage, right? So by Kiddushin, where husband and wife are not living together, okay. So if there's a Tanai attached to the Kiddushin, and the Tanai remains unfulfilled, there's no Kiddushin. But to go ahead and attach a Tanai to Nisuin, which then again means non-compliance with the Tanai, renders the Bia, Bias Nos, no. So we'll say, so, but what happens if someone enters into a marriage with a Tanai on Nisuin? Right? Well, so let's just play this out. Right? Ruvain, Ruvain marries Rachel. And he says to Rachel, here's the deal. Right? We're going to do Kiddushin. And our Nisuin is effective in the event that after Sheva Brachos, you pay me $25,000. I don't like your family. So if I have to show up for Sheva Brachos, right? you're going to pay me $25,000 the week after Sheva Brachos. Right? Go, she goes ahead. Right? Comes week after Sheva Brachos. She doesn't pay. She doesn't pay, right? So the Gemara is telling me that it's okay, the, the no tonight, no tonight by Nisun. I both say, why not? So Rashi explains the logical here is because we assume when people go through with Nisun, they're mochel, right? They forgive or they forgo any attached stipulations. Essentially, there's an assumed mechila, there's an assumed forgiveness on any conditions once a couple enter in, enters into Nisuin. See, even of us, I just want to be clear, when we say in Tanai Benisuin, it doesn't just simply mean you shouldn't make a Tanai attached to Nisuin, but it means more than that. What does it mean? Even if you made a Tanai by Nisuin, we assume the Tanai is forgiven. We assume the Tanai is forgiven. So therefore, I will say, watch this. So Beishama says, Lefish in Tanai Benisuin. So I will say, now watch this. So what does that have to do with anything? So if you allow a girl who's a minor to go ahead and do Mion after Nisuin, Wow. Both said this is incredible. Bekshamai says, do you know why we can't let a girl do Mion from Nisuin? Because I will say, what does that look like? What does it look like if a girl goes ahead and does Mion from Nisuin? What does that look like? She's, she, she is just unilaterally dissolving the marriage. 
syllables, I, again, now I understand the mechanism that's being used over here is not tenai, right? The mechanism here is being used is, is mion, but the ability to unilaterally, unilaterally dissolve a marriage after Nisuin, Beishamai says people are going to erroneously think that you could do that through the mechanism of a tenai as well. So that's why Beishamai says no mion, no mion after Nisuin, only during Erisin. So according to this logic, fine. I understand why 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 you can't do mean after nisuin. What about mean after chuppah? Right, the couple just went into the chuppah, came out from under the chuppah. So there's been no bia. So right, so they haven't lived together yet. So why not go ahead and do mean after the chuppah? Or ultimately, because beishamay also holds, you can't attach it tonight to chuppah because of the same concern. What about a case where the father handed off the girl to the to the shluchim to the to the messengers of the husband? Why can't she do miyun then? To which the Gemara says, "Lo plug rabbanon." See, side, essentially, essentially, what Beishamai holds is that she has a very limited window in which to go and exercise miyun. What's the limited window? Erisin. Anything past Erisin. Whether it's that the father is handing her off to the messengers of the husband, or they're at the chuppah, anything past the kiddushin, the erison window, she can't do miyun. And at the end of the day, what is Beishamai's concern? Beishamai's concern is if you allow her to go ahead and do miyun after erison, it is going to lead people to think that you could attach a tnai to Nisuin as well, because if you can attach it tonight to Nisuin, you can also dissolve Nisuin, and that could be a disaster, because Beisham says, we do paskin in tonight by Nisuin, therefore no meon after Erosin. All right, what does Beisham do with this? So Beisham made the yadi de Nisui ketana de Rabbanon inu. Beisham says, come on, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. We, everyone knows that we're dealing with Kiddushay Ketana over here. Right? You're saying, no one is going to go ahead and and, and, and kind of extrapolate any lessons from regular marriage, from this marriage. You know, as marrying a ketana is so different on any single level. I will say on the most basic level, the concept that the ketana herself has the ability to unilaterally, unilaterally dissolve the marriage is incredible. So basically, let's say people know we're not dealing with a regular marriage or we're dealing with Kedushay Dirabanon. So therefore, again, even if she could do Mion from Nisuin, no one's going to extrapolate from there that you can attach a tonight to Nisuin. Good. We'll say that's approach number one. Rabba, Rav Yosef, Tzarmi Tarbayu. So Rabba, Rav Yosef, Tzarmi Tarbayu. Tzarmi Tarbayu. What's Beishama's logic? Lefi she'en adam oseb bi'ilas or bi'ilas znus. So I will say, according to Rabba and Rav Yosef, they have a different issue, which, which, is, which is a related issue. And they say, look, a person is not going to want to marry a kitana if halach l'maysa, she has the ability to do mion after Nisuin. Because if she has the ability to do mion after Nisuin and to unilaterally dissolve the marriage, then I will say, what is the effective status of their having lived together? What's the status? Znos. So remember again, the man who's entering into this arrangement is a from guy. So he doesn't want it to be that one day the, the, his wife wakes up and decides, I don't want this marriage anymore. She could just unilaterally dissolve it. And suddenly again, all of their time living together is now halachically categorized as znus. I says, I so what about, okay. So now, Shammai, I understand why halacha lamaisa, 
you can't do miyun after nisuin. But why can't you do miyun after they entered into the chuppah? Assuming there has been no active relations yet. Lo isura. A man doesn't want it to be that he's associated with the chuppah of Isser. See, I what's driving this particular approach is that halacha a man wants to be from and wants to know that his actions are conducted in accordance with halacha. And the problem is, okay, if she does miyun from Erisin, fine, nothing's happened. Nothing's happened, no problem. Once she does miyun at later stages, now what happens? She does miyun after Nisuin. Then it turns out that all of the biya was a biasnos. Or she does miyun when after chuppah. Then it turns out that it was a chuppah of Isser, to which the Yimar So fine, so why, according to Beishamai, why can't she do miyun after the father hands her over to the agents of the husband? After all, at that point in time, no Isser. To which the Yimar plug Rabbanon. Because again, the rabbis did not distinguish in cases. What about Beishilal? Beishilal, keivan di'ika kidushin v'ksuva, and Basil says, no, he tells the husband, you're covered. You're covered. Since there's a ksuva, and ultimately, again, since there was proper kiddushin, people know that this is kiddushi kitana. And people know that in a case of kiddushi kitana, there is an option of mion. And mion has the ability to fundamentally unravel the marriage. But you, husband, you're covered. Everyone knows you didn't do anything wrong or illicit. Vaharaya, vaharaya. There's a chasana video, right? And there's a ksuva. And there's proof that you did everything correctly and therefore he's covered. Good. Next, I will say Rapapa. Rapapa on the time of the Beisham Very interesting. But remember again, we actually spoke about this before. Halacha If a woman brings property into a marriage. So remember again, there's nichsei tzon barzal, nichsei mulog. We don't have to necessarily get into those distinctions right now. But one thing we know for sure, which is, that a husband has the ability to enjoy peros, usage, usage of the property. So Rabbi Hussein, now watch this. Rabbi Papa says the concern of Beishamah is peros. Why? Both Beishamah and Beishilah forge their respective shitas around peros. What's the shah peros? Here we go. Beishamah will say like this. If halacha a woman has the ability to do miyun even from nisuin. What's going to happen? Shamit mina. So a husband is going to get whatever he's going to maximize his benefit from the property, even to the detriment of the property. Why? Because what's the chashmah that the husband had? The sof sof lemefa kaima. See, I will say, Bishama says like this, if you could do mion, if you could do mion from nisuin, and I will say, the husband is always living with the possibility that what? That what? That what? That one day his wife decides, I'm out. I'm out. And I'm about to say, what does she have to do to get out? Right? Click her heels, right? That's all she has to do, right? Nothing. So I don't want it. Well, if that's the case, if that's the case, it's funny, it's interesting. He has no security in marriage. Because he has no security in marriage, financial security in marriage, therefore, he's going to make sure that he maximizes his benefit from her property, which means he will make sure that he gets maximum benefit, even if it's to the detriment of the property, right? On the, therefore, again, Beis Shammai says, interestingly enough, in order to safeguard her property, right, and that he doesn't destroy it or use it in an irresponsible fashion, no miyun from nisuin. Fascinating. Beis says, Beis is just the opposite. Since she has the ability to do miyun at any stage of marriage, he's going to be careful to take care of the property. 
Why listen to this? Because what happens? What, what is he concerned about? He has to be concerned if her family sees that he's not taking care of the property, they're going to advise her to what? To what? To do me and, and get out of the marriage. So I will say, therefore, again, in order to keep her in the marriage, he has a vested interest of taking care of the property. Incredible. Rava says, This is great. Beis Shammai says like this, do you know why you can't do Miyun from Nisun? I will say it's very simple. If you allow Miyun from Nisun, I will say, then you know what's going to happen? People aren't going to marry a Kitana. They're not going to marry her. I will say, why are they not going to marry her? Because no one is spending money on a Chasana that could be undone just unilaterally. No, right? So essentially, we're, we're making this about money, but Lamaisa, again, People just aren't going to engage in such a marriage. Look at Rashi, I'll say almost right across in Rashi. The Fisha'in Adam, Rashi says over here, So again, the idea over here is remember, Chazal have a vested interest in making sure that a man will marry this woman. The whole point of this rabbinic institution of marriage is to provide this girl with the physical and financial safety and security of marriage. So therefore, Be'i says like this, that if a man knows that even after Nisuin, she could do Mion, why is he going to marry her? And if he is going to marry her, he's certainly not going to spend money on a chasinah. But very interesting. Be'i says, let's be clear. When a man marries this girl, Bosai, do not look at this as a union that only serves her benefit or her purposes. It helps him as well. Why does it help him? Because it's good to be known as a married person. It's good to be known as a married person, right? Halacha being married and being known as married, Halacha goes ahead, gives, it, right, gives a person a certain level of societal standing, gives a person a certain, at least perceived level of stability. And therefore, halacha lamaisa, he has a vested interest in this as well. So therefore, I will say, one, two, three, four different interpretations of the machlokis of Shaim Beisilal. How do we paskin? So I will say, we paskin like Beisilal. It's not a surprise, but we paskin like Beisilal. Namely, that miyun can be done both from irisin and nisuin. That's how we paskin. Good. Let's go weiter. Beishame omim bebal. say, here we go. So, um, so remember again, next machlogus in the Mishnah was, does miyun work by both the husband, the baal, and the yavam, or by just the husband? So Beishamai says, only husband, not yavam. Beishilal says, both husband and yavam. Says the Yemara, Amar Boshiyah, Mima'enes l'ma'amaro, ve'ena mima'enes l'zeikaso. So I'll say, very interesting case over here. Look at Rashi. Amar Boshiyah, and the couple lines up, five lines up from the bottom. So the Gemara says, listen to this. So it's very interesting. According to Beis Hillel, according to Beis Hillel, who holds that you could do Mion even with a Yavam. So I will say, what does Mion work for? So let's go back a little bit. I will say, remember again, Mamar. We haven't had Mamar for a long time. What's Mamar? What's Mamar? Mamar is like Kiddush, not like. It is Kiddushin given from the Yavam to the Yavama. Now I will say, remember again, Rachel's married to Ruvain. Ruvain dies without children. Rachel falls before Shimon for Yibum. What does Shimon have to do for Yibum? What does he have to do? 
Live with her. That's all. That's Ibom. Does he have to do Kiddushin? Does he have to give a ring, a Shavaputa? Nothing. Nothing, nothing. But let's say he does. He gives her a ring. He gives her an Adam Shavaputa. That's called Ma'amar. That's called Ma'amar. So comes along Boshi and he says that what, what can you use Mi'un for? Mi'un could undo Ma'amar. Because we'll say under normal circumstances, what's the Allah? When a Yavam and a Yavama do Ma'amar. Right? So Shimon, Shimon gives a ring, Kiddushin, to Rachel. And then you know what? They decide, nah, not a good idea. Not a good idea. Right? We're not, we're not going to do Yibam. So I'll say, what's the Allah in this case? Remember again, we learned this. So you have to do two things over here. What do you have to do? You have to undo the Ma'amar. And what else do you have to do? Chalitza. Chalitza. So Rabbi comes along and says, to undo the Ma'amar, Mion will work to undo the Ma'amar. You don't need to get to the Ma'amar. So Mion will work. But what won't Mion work for? Chalitza. Chalitza. So Mion itself works to undo Ma'amar, but won't work in lieu of Chalitza. So the Gemara says, Amr al-Chista, my time to Rabbi What's Rabbi logic? Here we go. Maimer de Medaita Matsya Akra. So we'll say, because Ma'amar is done with the consent of the parties, right? So Ma'amar happens Midaita, from her consent. Therefore, again, she can uproot it with Mion. Zeka de Balkarcha. Rabbi say, interestingly enough, enough, the Zika, right? The Zika comes even against her. So what does that mean, the Zika comes against her? Well, the Zika is a de facto status. Her husband dies without children. Now she has a Zika ultimately to the brother-in-law. So that type of Zika, the Balkarcha Lamatsya Akra, she doesn't have the ability to undo with Mion, which we'll say, in other words, essentially what Roshi is saying is like this, a share of Kisa's interpretation, is that Mion, which is done of her own volition, could uproot processes that ultimately involve her consent, like Ma'amar. Conversely, conversely, processes which are done to her, not with her consent, Mion cannot, uh, cannot uproot. Vahari Bia de Balkarcha. Rabbi say again, what about Bia in general of Yibum? Rabbi say we learned one of the interesting halachas is that even if the Yavam violates the Yavama, that affects Yibum. That affects Yibum. So Bia itself, which is Balkarcha, Ahmed Beis, Umatsya Akra, and yet Rabosai, Halakha Lamaisa, remember again, Sabosai, remember, according to Basilel, so Mion has the ability to go ahead and uproot Yibum, right? According to Basilel. Yet, yet Yibum is a process that could technically occur to her, even against her will. So what's the Pshat? Ella, here we go. Bia umamar duhuka avid matsya akra. Sabosai, you're right. Rather, Rabosai, here we go. Anything that is a, we'll call a Yavam-driven process or a human-driven process, like Bia Uma Amar, according to Beisilel, Mion could uproot that. However, Zika, Dirachmona Rama Allah, Lo Matsya Akra. So we'll say very interesting. So Zika, essentially, any human-driven process, according to Beisilel, so Mion has the ability to uproot it. So Mion could uproot Yibum, right? So again, if ultimately, according to Basilel, right, Reuven dies, doesn't have children, Rachel falls to Shimon for Yibum, if Rachel could do Mion, Rachel could do Mion, right, and dissolve the whole thing. Or, let's say again, Shimon does Ma'amar with Rachel, again, Mion could go ahead and uproot the Ma'amar, could uproot the Ma'amar. However, again, the Zika itself, Rabosai, the Zika itself, so when Reuven dies and now Rachel falls to Shimon, the Zika itself, which is something that Allah happens to her, 
not with her, so that miun by itself cannot uproot. So Ula, I'm sorry, right, miun by itself cannot uproot. Ula Amar Ula says, Ula disagrees. He says, no, miun works even to uproot Zika. How could that be? My taima, it's very simple, Rabbi it's very simple. My taima, nisui kamai ka'akra, because Rabbi it's very simple. Why does miun work even to uproot Zika? Rabbi say, what is Zika based on? What is Zika based on? Let's go back. Yivamus 101, right? Zika represents the quasi-marital status that exists between a widow and her surviving brother-in-law. Where does that quasi-marital status stem from? Where does it stem from? First marriage. First marriage. Su'ula says anything to do with her first marriage, she has the ability to dissolve, to, to dissolve through what? Miun. And therefore, again, Ula says... Miyun even has the ability to dissolve the Zika. Incredible. So whoever is the question to Ula, going back to the first Mishnah in Yevamus, this is incredible, back to our first Mishnah. So remember again, this was by all of the cases, all of the cases of the Arayas. Now specifically, this was talking about a case Ultimately, again, Reuven and Shimon, right? Reuven passed away. And remember, Reuven was married to the minor daughter of Shimon. Minor daughter of Shimon and another woman. So I will say, now we're getting into the cases of Tsaras Erva. I'm not going to take you back there. Don't worry. I see some of you beginning to shake a little bit, right? Hey, so I'll say, so again, so, so the mice again, we'll go back to the cases of Tsaras Erva. So I will say, so remember again, we had this interesting case. So imagine, so Reuven is married to Rachel and Leah. Okay, so let's assume for a moment that Rachel is Shimon's daughter. Shimon's daughter, and she's a minor. So Shimon married off his minor daughter to his brother. Totally legal. Now I will say, now the problem is, that's Rachel. Leah is the co-wife of an erva. I will say, Yvamus 101, when Reuven goes ahead and dies, Reuven goes ahead and dies, these two women, now Rachel and Leah, fall to Shimon. We will say, what's talacha, little chazar, what's talacha? Right? Pater from Yibam. Why? Because Lamaisa, again, once one of the wives is an erva to the Yavam, by definition, she goes ahead and what? Pater is the other. So, remember again, what did the Gemara suggest over there? But I don't understand. Let, let what? Let Rachel do Mion, absent herself from this, right? She's no longer in the picture. And if that's the case, then Allah, Lamaisa, Shimon could do Yibam with Leah, who's an unrelated wife. To which the Gemara, again, to which the Gemara says, Any time a wife could do Mion, but she does not do Mion, her co-wife does Chalitza and cannot do Yibam. Ba'amayin, why is that? Timayin hashta v'takrinulun esune kamay v'tisyabim. V'tisyabim tzarasa. Remember again, so Rav says to Ula, Ula, if you're right, that Mion has the ability even to dissolve a Zika, so I don't understand. In the case we just described, let Rachel do Mion. The Mion dissolves the Zika. The Mion dissolves the first marriage. She could do that right now. And Halacha Lamaisa, Shimon, the surviving brother, could then do Yibam with Leah. To which the Gemara says, no, no, no. Saras Erva Shaini. Saras Erva is different. Why? Muteres Aviv. It was very interesting. In general, if a girl does Mion to her husband, she is permitted to marry her former husband's father. Now, I will say that's very interesting. Why? Because your husband's father is an erva, right? Even after death or divorce, right? Again, yet we see Mion 
fundamentally dissolves a marriage. So interestingly enough, biyavam asura la'aveh. But yet biyavam, right, ultimately she remains prohibited to her to his father. Alma, bishas nefila, niris kekaloso. I will say, what do you see? Why is that? Because at the time of the death of the husband, this woman still had the appearance of the father's daughter-in-law. Hachinami bishas nefila, nira kitsaras bito. Therefore, I will say, so too in this case over here, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, when Ruvain passed away, even if Mion was possible for Rachel, Halacha Lamaisish, it already has the appearance of Saras Bito. Leah has the appearance of being the co-wife of the daughter of Shimon, the surviving brother's daughter. And therefore, Halacha Lamaisi won't allow it. Good. Amarav. So, we'll say, so I just want to point out, we're still stuck with this Machlokes, Ula, and Rava. Does me, so Rava will say, Mion does not work to dissolve Zika, right? Mion will work to dissolve Mamar, but will not work to dissolve Zika. Ula says, Mion even works to dissolve Zika. So just hold, hold, hold on to that machlokis. Amirav, Mion another interesting case, if she does Mion with one brother, right? Or to Mion to one brother, she is still permitted to the other brother. Okay, I'm sorry. Wrong. If once she does mion with one brother, then what? She becomes primitive to all of the brothers. Because I will say it's no different than when a, when a Yivama receives a get from one of the brothers. I will say, take a look in Rashi. Rashi is right across from Tosos Machshirin. So I will say, listen to this. So again, we just said, if she does mion with one of the brothers, she's prohibited to all of the brothers. Why? Because it's no different than a Balas get. Rashi says, Remember again, if you have a case, Ruvain died, Rachel falls before brothers. And the brothers are Shimon, Levi, and Yehuda. And Shimon gives her a get. What happens, I will say, when Shimon gives her a get? What happens? Yibum is done. The door of Yibum is closed to all of the brothers. So Rav wants to suggest that the same way if she receives a get from one of the brothers, the door to Yibum is closed. So too, if she does Mion with one of the brothers, the door to Yibum is closed. To which the Gemara says, to which the Gemara says, Because Rav says the same when she gets a get from one of the brothers, she is prohibited to all of the brothers. So too, when she does Mion with one of the brothers, ultimately again, she is prohibited to all of the brothers. Shmuel or Shmuel says, no, 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 no. No, it's not true. Incredible. Even if she does Mion to one of the brothers, then what Rav say? That does not go ahead and preclude her from doing Yibam with other brothers. I below Damiela Balas I get. And it's not comparable to the case where she received a get from one of the brothers. Why Rebos, listen to this. Balas I get, remember again, in the case of the get, who is the actional participant? Who is the person who's initiating? Who? The brother. Oh. So Rebos say, the brother is giving her a get. He's shutting the door to Chalitza. However, again, Hacha, Hika Avdebe. Here, she's doing miyun. And we'll say, how do we interpret her miyun? The amra lo ra'ina bach, velo tsavina bach, bach hu de lo ra'ina, bechavrech ra'ina. So we'll say, when she does miyun to one of the brothers, we interpret that as, what is she doing? She's saying to the brother, what? I don't want to marry you. Your brother, on the other hand, right, we could talk about, right? So the Maestro will say, it's quite fascinating. So you see, by the way, it makes a lot of sense. 
when one of the brothers is giving her a get, it makes sense that that shuts down Yibam for the brothers. But when she is doing something, the way we interpret her actions is she's shutting down Yibam possibility to the brother with whom she's doing Mion. But it doesn't shut anything down regarding the other brothers. We'll say, what you also begin to see according to this approach is it sounds like, it sounds like that Mion does not dissolve the Zika, right? Because if Mion were to dissolve the Zika, then once she does Mion with one brother, that would seemingly shut down everyone else. Okay, well, we'll see. But the Maisa was about our building. So we'll say, and this is, right, it's the Shmuel saying, Allah, Maisa, Mion with one brother only precludes the possibility of Yibam with that brother, but doesn't shut the door on Yibam with other brothers. Next, Ravasi, Yama Ravasi says, Wow. Ravasi says, not true. If she does mean with her brother, I'll say, then what? She remains permitted even to that brother with whom she did mean. What's the pshat? What's the pshat? Lema Kravoshia, severely. So does he hold the Kravoshia? Does he hold the Kravoshia? To which the Yorah said, the Amar, Eina Mema Enes Lezekoso. I guess I will say, I, I guess that, that Halacha Lamaisa must hold the Kravoshia who holds that Mion doesn't work to undo the Zika. So if Mion doesn't work to undo the Zika, she's permitted to go out and do Yibum, even with the brother with whom she did Mion. To which the Gemara said, Bechad, Yavam Hachinami Dematia Akra. So we'll say the truth is, if, we're dealing, if we were dealing with just the case where there's one Yavam, then Einachinami through Mion, she would have the ability to uproot the, the Zika. However, again, so we'll say this is fascinating. Even if you hold, even if you hold that Mion could undo a Zika, right? Mion only works when it undoes a full Zika. This is fascinating. When you have two brothers, also when you have two brothers, those brothers, at least according to what Ravasi is saying right now, those brothers are considered to share the Zika, right? Each brother, quote unquote, has half a Zika. So therefore, when she does Mion with one of the brothers, when she does Mion with one of the brothers of Osai, then what? This is fascinating. So what is she effectively doing with Mion with one of the brothers? She's dissolving what? Half a Zika. Now Osai, what's the effect of dissolving half a Zika? What's the effect? No effect. It's as if nothing's happened. So Osai, quite fascinatingly, you know, the Asi is saying, therefore, if there are two brothers, if she does Mion with one brother, if, I'm sorry, if there's one brother and she does Mion, fine. It works. She's dissolved the Zika, according to that approach. But if there are two brothers, and she does mean with one of them, it's a meaningless act. It's a meaningless act, because you can't dissolve half a Zika. How meaningless is it? So meaningless, that if she decides in the next moment that she wants to marry that brother, she could do so. Incredible. If she does mean with one brother, she is permitted to the rest of the brothers, and they did not agree with him. Man lo hodulo, bose, who didn't agree with him? Amrabaye, Rava, Rava, Rav, sorry, Rav. So Amrabaye, Rav, Rava, Amraboshia, Farmer Rabiasi. So we'll say, Machlokis, who disagreed with him. So we'll say, the resolution of this, Emirat Hashem, we're going to see tomorrow. Let's just do another line. Beisham el Rav, in front of. So I will say, so again, so just understand what, what we're still, what we still don't know, we still haven't resolved, is the ability, what does Mion do? Here's what we know. Here's what we know. We know Mion dissolves marriage, right? What stage of marriage does Mion dissolve? Well, we pass like Basilel. So therefore, what is Mion going to dissolve? Both Erosin and Nisuin. Both Erosin and Nisuin. And we'll say we also know, well, we don't know yet. Does We also know that Mion dissolves what? Ma'amar. Right? You wouldn't, you wouldn't need a get after Ma'amar if you have Mion. What are we not sure about? What does Mion do legabe yibum? 
right? Or, or say it differently. What does Mion do? Legabe Zika. See, Beishamai says it does nothing. Beisilel says it works. In Beisilel, we're not sure how much does it work and to whom does it work. We'll say we'll stop over here for today. We'll pick up Amir Hashem with the Sugi tomorrow and see the Halacha Lamais on this as well. Shkoya.